Hello and welcome to the Global City Mission podcast. The podcast is hosted by Global City Mission Initiative. This is Seth Bouchel, GCMI's team leader in New York. And today I'm with friend and former missionary and current missionary professor, Ben Langford. Uh, how are you doing, Ben? Fine. Uh, so, Ben, one of the things that we do as kind of a series is that whenever we get somebody on with missionary experience, especially, uh, we like to do this topic called Things I Wish I Knew. Mm-hmm. And it comes out of an experience I had a, a year or two ago. I was in a training and a young missionary first year on the ground said to me, if you were in our position, what is it that you wish that you knew that you know now? Uh, and so anytime we get somebody on, I just like to ask that same question. You were, uh, give us a little bit of background. You were six years in Uganda. Six years in Uganda. And now nine years as a professor of missions at Oklahoma Christian. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, lot of experience internationally, a lot of experience training missionaries, seeing how that training works itself out in the field. Yeah. So all around, uh, what do you wish that you had known that you know now? Yeah, fortunately, we were part of a second, the second wave of a team that started in 1994. So uh, as I joke with all those that went before me, and they're good friends and we consider them teammates, uh, they made up all, they made all the messes to which we came and cleaned up, which right. is not true, but we learned a lot of like <laughs> sure. what not to do. Right. Um, but yeah, a couple things. One, we, you go in with, um, a plan, a strategy. Mm-hmm. Uh, we developed lots of good documents for that and we needed to in order to partner with people both in ministry and in, financially to do this. And um, so uh, I felt like I had a clear, pretty clear sense about what my day needed to look like. And um, it usually involved making uh, plans with particular communities out in rural areas sure. in uh, the Basoga region of Uganda. And then going out and spending the day with them and very, very relational. Right. And we knew that was important. I felt the most important time was like the hour I got to teach, but I'd spend about seven or eight hours doing what an American would say is, is not productive, just talking and chatting away and greeting people right. and eating and just to <laughs> the point where I could do the real stuff of teaching. Right. But I knew that relationship stuff was important. Right. Uh, the thing I look back, but one of the things that would happen is, so I'd have my almost month planned out or at least a couple right, weeks right. ahead. But inevitably, every so often, and more and more, the more we were there, yeah. we get a call in the morning or a call the night before. Hey, so and so has died. Hmm. You know, can you come to the funeral? Or yeah. just letting us know, expecting us. And it would be in a village that wasn't close to the place I would go. Yeah. So I felt in this dilemma. I had this plan. I had this right place I want to go. They're expecting me. You committed to go teach. I committed yeah. to go teach. And what I wish I would have done. Or wish I would have had more peace about uh, was going to more funerals. So that's an interesting response. Uh, I don't think I've had anybody else that I said, what do you wish that you knew? And you said, I wish I'd gone to more funerals. Talk to me about the significance of that. What? Why is that what you wish you knew? What would that have changed? Um, well, I, I think even though it reveals something about, so I knew relationships were high. Uh, but not enough to know this is when relationships really count. 
Right. You knew the principle, but didn't understand yeah. the implication. So I, yeah. I would show up in villages, in rural areas, the place I was supposed to show up. And we'd get there and the, the person I was meeting, the, uh, would say, Hey, there's a, someone died, not even a church member, but just in the village. And so the day would be done. They, they'd have to go to the funeral and I would go with them. And oftentimes get to speak at those funerals, not sure. even knowing this person, but right. being an outsider and want to honor outsiders and guests. So I sort of picked up on that, <laughs> uh, that people wouldn't have right. cared if I called and said, sorry, I was at a funeral. Um, but I, I remember, and this wasn't even a cultural thing. I remember a mentor of mine in America, I remember t- taking a preaching class. And uh, e- even though I learned this before I went, it didn't re- really register. Um, I was taking a preaching class and I had to choose between it doing a, a sermon, a wedding yeah. or a funeral just for the class, sure. you know, and I was talking to some preaching mentors of mine and they're like, which one are you going to do? It's like, oh, the wedding for sure. I mean, how morbid, the fu- like, I don't want to do a funeral. And they're just kind of like, hmm. and I was like, well, which one? My, I asked my mentor, so which, which one would you do? And he goes, I'd take the funeral every time. Hmm. And I just kind of laughed. I was like, you're a morbid man, you know? Right. And not knowing, I was like, why? And he goes, because at weddings, all you can do is mess it up. Right. People are so tense. He goes, but funerals, that's where real ministry happens. Yeah. And, but part of it was I had this agenda to go teach a certain thing. I right. could do ministry at the funerals, but it wasn't on my terms and on my sure. agenda. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. And uh, it just seemed like a distraction from what I came to do. How awful am I to say someone's funerals if I felt that way. Well, I could see where, so, yeah, you're there to start new things. You're there to go preach in a new village. It doesn't yeah. seem as productive to go. It wasn't what I said I was going to do. But it misunderstood. Yeah. Yeah. So when you ask the question, what do you wish you knew? I knew that going to funerals was important. Right. But it was a different kind of no. I didn't know it in the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was a different kind of knowing that hadn't uh, really shaped me. Yeah. In a way to go, this is what God is doing. Sure. And that makes good why sense. am I not, I'm not participating in this way? Considering yeah. that relationships are so important and that looking around, everybody drops everything and shows up to a funeral. Yeah. This is, this is the kind of solidarity that, that they show that that's gospel. Right. Right. That's, uh, yeah. The difference between being productive and, Actually, maybe accomplishing something. Yeah. <laughs> and being gospel. Yeah, absolutely. Doing, being ministry, doing ministry. And being gospel, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really good stuff, Ben. Uh, I would be curious if, if you would just take another few minutes. Um, I think that's so impactful and heavy in a good way on the ministry side. You know, nine years now you're in the classroom. Yeah. You've had the opportunity to teach and form a lot of people and also probably refine what your priorities are as a teacher and trainer of missionaries. Yeah. When you think about that element of your vocation, that, that season that you're still in, what do you wish that you'd known at the beginning that you know now? For the vocation of teaching, uh, for for teaching and training missionaries. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, I, I realize it now 
but just giving students the opportunity, those experiences, which is difficult in the classroom. We've talked about this before. Um, part of it, when I came in, you, I wanted what students. Do you, what do you mean by those experiences? Giving and giving them experiences outside of the classroom. Okay. Practical ministry experience. Practical yeah. experience. Cause like, I think when I came in, um, uh, my big thing, I, I'm, I think more theologically about missions. That's, I, I, I enter missions through, through a theological bent rather than a, than an anthropological. Sure. Right. Although I do lots of anthropology. Sure. Absolutely. Uh, and I'm not saying one's better than the other. Just the way I, I just do it. Yeah. And so I think I came in saying, uh, it's God's mission. We need to be theocentric and more uh, theology and theology shapes mission, theology and theology. And what I took for granted was all this experience that I had. Sure. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And I, I, it sounds stupid now that I say it, but I assumed, right, they could do all the same things I could, right. the ways I could talk theologically and connect it without the experience. And then right. realizing, like, it's not that um, when we talk theologically, or my hope is uh, that it's not practical, or when people say, uh, well, I don't, I don't really get it. It's partly, it's just because it is very practical. They just don't have experience to right. orient them to it. Right. If you don't have the life experience to make the connections with exactly. why theology matters. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And so I, early on, uh, I made, I think I made that mistake, hmm. uh, without saying theology in context. Uh, I thought I was going to do that, but they didn't really have a context. The classroom was the context. <laughs> right, right. Or coming yeah. out of high school was the context or whatever. Right. You know, they hadn't had the experiences. Mm. Um, and, of course, I knew that, but I didn't know it. I didn't sure. act on it. And so um, really telling students, and I even tell non-missions majors, say, hey, you want to go do something cross-culturally because – the nature of a, a pluralistic society. So you're going to walk into a church or a ministry context in Texas. Yeah. And it's not going to culturally be the same. Mm. Even if people look like you, mm. it's not going to be. And so how do you, how do you think contextually? Yeah. Uh, about, um, about this, about a gospel life. And yeah, I mean, even the, gospel. even the wedding funeral example you just gave, that's in no way, confined to cross-cultural work that's just ministry that's just ministry and again deeply theological but yeah it comes from experience yeah i'm curious to try trying to synthesize those two things together you know i think in both of those examples one of the things that i hear if i'm understanding right is the difference between knowing something intellectually and knowing yeah. something in the way that you're being yeah um how is that something you can teach or is that something that you have to learn through experience? The difference between knowing and actually knowing. Um, well, I want to be, I, I get your question and I want to say, yes, you need to experience it. Although I'm hesitant to, to separate those two things out uh, because I found so much value Educationally, from knowing it intellectually and oh, sure, sure, sure. Yeah, I'm not suggesting you're saying that. So I just want to, but um, it's it's like the difference. I mean, the example I give students all the time, like this this chair, which you're 
listeners can't see, but it's I can I can explain the chair to them. It's black and right. it's kind of has leather or pleather or whatever it is, and it's got metal <laughs> yeah. and it's I could tell you, you know, who it's made by. But there's a difference between knowing that and then when I sit in it, right? To know it, yeah, right. So um, I, I'm a real big fan of uh, practice reflection. Hmm. Like, I think the classroom does hold that. I think this contemplative holds, that's where I hold it value because it's going out, it's sitting in the chair, right, or getting the experience and then coming back and going, hmm, so how does this make me reread this text or or think about hmm. who God is or who I am or what it means to be human yeah, or what the gospel even has to do with all that. Right. Right. And then um, go back out. Yeah. And try it a little, try it a little bit differently. Right. And then give it, give it a shot and then come back knowing that that process, uh, and what I want my students to know is knowing that, that process, um, it kind of never ends. Right. So when students ask me, well, teach me what works. No, they don't always say that, but they want to know what works. Sure. I, I want to go, depends on where you're at and, yeah. and, and the, the, the time you're doing it. Yeah. Right. So it I, I can't tell you what works, but I could tell you if you keep practicing this way, if you keep practicing this and your life is in your own orientation and trajectory of, of ministry and theology and, and and engaging in, you know, if it's in uh, and this is one of the ways kind of this practice, reflection, practice, reflection yeah. back and forth that that um, uh, you're going to slowly. uh you're going to slowly learn, Hey, this works, this works, and right. then this works, and this works, and this works. And right. then you're able to, you know, navigate those worlds yeah. without like this cookie cutter. Cause I can't sure. tell you what works. In fact, a, a missionary friend of mine, we'd always ask him for advice. He goes, well, he goes, well I could tell you what doesn't work. Sure. You know, it was, it was the best. We always laugh every time yeah. he said that, but I you, as that. a missionary, yeah. you kind of learn that you, you're not always sure what works. You're pretty sure what doesn't work. Right. Which doesn't, which, which is not a confession. You don't know what you're doing. Right. It's just a confession that the nature of culture and human lives sure. are, uh, you know, they're living, breathing human beings yeah. that are, that are and interactive. I, and, and I think that does get back to the, the point that unifies both of the things you wish you knew, which is that, you know, I, what I hear you describing is a theological education that's driven by, a practice and investment in ministry. Yeah. And not divorcing those two. Yep. Well, another thing I would say about it is, is it's that temptation, just the experience alone. Mm-hmm. There's always a temptation, uh, to, to say that works. Yeah. Without asking the question, uh, works towards what end? Right. Well, or, or, or what do we mean by it works? And then, so the theological reflection is to say, uh, how do these practices and experience fit in, uh, with the reign of God in the world? Right, right, right. And, and then so to say, which doesn't mean they're necessarily bad, but to say, um, uh, for me, means and ends aren't two different things. Sure. Well, I, and I know that's the only one or first one I say it. Well, I think, if I can take a stab at it, it sounds like the, you know, what you're describing in both those things is a, is a lifelong theological education that's driven by an yes. investment in, in practical ministry. 
And I like the marriage of those two things. And I think if I understand well, in both instances, both in the classroom and in the mission field, the things you wish you knew, that um, you weren't driven or you learn not to be driven so much by the strategic questions, the theological one. It wasn't, mm-hmm. well, this is what I'm here to accomplish and this is how I'm going to get from A to Z. But what is valuable based on the God that called me here? Yeah. And, and what is in some ways embodying what I would teach? Like, how does that change the decision making that what works? Yeah. 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 And in the end, um, by a little bit different, different definition, I would say embodying the gospel does work. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. But not in kind of, uh, uh, did it accomplish, uh, certain strategic goals I had? Sure. In other words, that strategy that I held on to, I could have accomplished some things, but going to a funeral, which, Totally in my mind said, well, that's not gonna, that's not as effective. That doesn't meet my goals. That doesn't yeah. meet which, my strategy. Uh, but just by being present, the gospel happened. Right. Right. And it happened back to me as well. Yeah. And there was something more meaningful. Mm. Uh, uh, I, I'll tell you this, this story. Um, which of course we didn't plan this at all. And uh, you know this, uh, but my brother Adam mm-hmm. joined us uh, about a year into our work in Uganda. And he came to do um, development. He was a business guy. Well, we were doing some um, kind of businesses mission. And one of the things we did was we sold coffee at a coffee shop. We had our own brand of coffee. But he would go up to Mount Elgon on the border between Kenya and Uganda and buy raw coffee once a year. Uh, from a co-op of local farmers. And so he and the manager of the cafe that he helped run and was part of our ministry went up and got four tons of coffee and a two-ton lorry down off the mountain. They lost control. The driver lost control of the car. They went off a cliff, and my brother died. Hmm. He died in a car accident. Yeah. Um, so we took my brother's body back home, but our dear friend Moses Chemezi, who worked with my brother, he also died in a car accident. And we took my brother home. When at the funeral, we were back in America. And when we, when we, they did the funeral for, for Moses, some of those former teammates came back over, flew back over immediately for the funeral. And a good friend of mine, uh, a teammate, he said that an old woman who didn't speak any English reflected and said, um, she said, look how much the missionaries love us. Now they're even dying with us. Mm-hmm. Right. Which wasn't our intention. Like right. we didn't come to. <laughs> right. Right. But this is yeah. culturally, uh, this was a, this was a, this was gospel, not the atonement. No, aspect, no, absolutely. But in this, this, this deep solidarity, solidarity yeah. of, well, how do you measure that on effectiveness level? Right. That's not a strategy. That's life. that's not a strategy. Yeah. And uh, uh, and and we didn't intend it. And I, I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'd give anything for that not to have happened. Sure. But given that it did, 
and that reflection, um, yeah, we weren't just now people that were unaffected yeah. by their lives. Right. And, um, it's beyond a working relationship at that it's point. It's beyond a working relationship <laughs> to where, uh, yeah, now look, they, um, I don't think she said, look how much they love us. I think she said, you know, they, they came to live with us and now they, now they're dying with us. Right. And it was this, and I don't know of a deeper expression of faith and solidarity. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Ben, thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate all of that. Uh, and thank you for joining us today on the Global City Mission podcast. You can find out more about GCM on our website at globalcitymission.org or by visiting us on our Facebook and Twitter.